listener exclusive. It is a Monday, May the 2nd. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, this show almost didn't happen. Did, almost ma- did not happen. <laughs> How many disasters? I mean, I haven't even given you my side of the story. We've been just preoccupied with your dramas. I haven't even told you. So uh, fill people in. What, what happened to you this morning? Oh, look, I had a shocker. I was a player who got to the game and they, they didn't have their boots. Uh, they, they hadn't washed their shorts. They'd brought the wrong jumper for the game. Didn't have their mouth guard. Didn't bring their mouth guard to training or the game. Um, I was doing some press this morning on the little USB mic I've been using as I've mm. been traveling around. It's yep. the it's not the best quality microphone, but it's the easiest to travel with. And like when you're doing press and using you know, various different things that radio stations have, it's just the easiest one to plug into your computer and go. So halfway through my final interview today, it just stopped working and I couldn't work out why it wasn't working. And then I realized the reason it wasn't working is the cord would no longer connect to it because the arse had fallen out of the connection, <laughs> you know, like and it just it's disintegrated. Like, there was... N- it had just disintegrated. It had just fallen out. It had literally was a prolapsed microphone. So <laughs> there's a great I visual for everyone on their Wednesday morning. A prolapsed microphone. And I did everything to tuck the prolapse back in. That was oh, immediately what I wanted to do. I was like, maybe I can just jam it all back in, and nobody will know that it's fallen out in the first place. But it, much like. Uh, you know, the North Melbourne midfield could not find a connection that was yeah. suitable. So podcast Mike, radio Mike, Michael Liberale, our absolutely gun producer, has got on the case and he's yeah. like, you know what? I can get you a microphone. Yeah, and He's I'm Tony like, cochran it. He was like, we make things happen up here. Don't worry about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and he goes, my name is Mike. I can organise a mic. This is the one thing that I can do. So he's gone to the good people at Listener. This is the difference between doing this podcast in our old world where we would have just gone oh well well. i guess there's no podcast this week (laughs) go back to bed uh he said uh, you know the good people at listener they'll have a microphone yeah um so they can get one out to you so uh they tested the microphone make sure it worked on the computer and they sent it out to me in an uber and i got that microphone and for whatever reason could not get it to connect with um, my computer in any way, despite the fact that it had been tested a mere 20 minutes earlier on somebody else's <laughs> computer. I was downloading different software. I was like, you know, I was like, I was like one of those coaches doing a presentation for a coaching job. And then yeah. like your yeah, PowerPoint just goes yeah. awry and you lose the job. That was me. You're Michael like, Voss. Oh. <laughs> was it Michael Voss? The guy who, no, it was, uh, it was Dimmer. Dimmer was Dimmer. the one whose PowerPoint presentation broke. And so he just had to pull out like finger puppets or something. <laughs> so I was going to do this week's episode finger puppet style. But what I have managed to do is scrape around my office, find my old Zoom recorder that has no back on it. The place where the batteries used to be is completely empty and there is no back to keep the batteries in, even if there were batteries to put in it. It has no memory card, but somehow I've managed to jig it up much like, you know what I've done? I've done a West Coast Eagles. Yeah. I've, I've had to get some players out of the lower leagues. I've had yeah. to bring somebody back from retirement. Look, they've only got one leg, but we just needed a fit player to put out there on the field this week. And so far, they seem to be doing a very admirable job. So Yeah, you've basically jogged out for a game at Marvel wearing the old Footscray footy jumper with a VFL badge on it. Yeah, it, it's laced down the front. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I am playing in a laced down the front jumper for today's episode. But so far, doing okay. Yeah, well, I uh, was meant to fly back last night in plenty of time for the show, um, but got the uh, the time I'd landed wrong with the time I'm de- I was departing uh, Melbourne. I was in Melbourne over the weekend. So I had to then book a, 
uh, dawn flight this morning uh, with my daughter, a toddler. And so that was my first experience um, going through a very busy airport with a two-year-old who doesn't want to go through the airport at high speed. Finally landed here, got her to daycare, was like half an hour at my sleeve, this will be no problem. Got back to the house, walked in the front door. And I'm like, oh, the kitchen's flooded. I'm like, what? Oh, no. Didn't tell me it flooded again up here. No <laughs> one told me. Like, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, that's one thing. Uh, but it turns out, Will, that I forgot to shut the freezer uh, four days oh. ago when I left for Melbourne. Oh, and so no. my kitchen was filled with water and rotten food. Uh, which is brilliant. So I was just cleaning up. Uh, much like uh, St Kilda picking up the pieces <laughs> of its loss against Port Adelaide. It was wet, it was slippery, and I didn't come away with the points. Uh, but I fronted up, uh, I butted up for the next week. And well, let's, let's, let's talk about the St Kilda Port game because I have seen a lot of anguish. Uh, Saint supporters, you're sick killing me, and it's so St Kilda. A lot of kind of anguish from that game on the weekend. Now, I'm not sure if you saw it, I but it was... It was easily the worst game of football I think I've ever seen. And it had nothing to do with the effort of the players. But it was so greasy and slippery. It'd been raining all Because where was it? It, it Cairns. was Cairns. Cairns. Yeah. Well, and this is a great time of the year to be playing a game of, <laughs> for football in Cairns. Queensland. I mean, this is a masterful piece of programming for a start. It was so wet and slippery. Like, it, 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 it resembled, you know, on reality shows like Big Brother or, yeah. or something, they'll do like a wacky yeah. game to win points. A wet and wild challenge. Like, yeah. they, they soap up a pig and you have to catch the pig. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Like, it was just, it was, it was, it was, there was nothing enjoyable about watching the game. Like, it, was, it had nothing to do with a win or loss, even. Like, I just was at a mate's place and we're just sitting there going, this is like, this is unendurable just to watch because no one could connect a kick, no one could connect a handball, no one could take a mark. It was just literally knocking a ball back and forth across. It was air hockey, just sliding this ball back and forth across a wet field. Good um, example, though, for anyone who is one of those people who's like, oh, I miss the old days of, you know, going to the footy at the Western Oval or whatever, like going to Moorabbin, where you're like, yeah. I get that there is some romance against that, but the football was terrible. Oh, terrible. Close the roof on Cairns. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, on the entire city. Yeah. Like, we're not going back there unless you build a roof over the city. Come on. I mean, they've got someone actually, I think Kevin Bartlett's son posted um, some footage of the MCG in 1977 saying, yeah, Cairns is bad, bad, but check this out. And this was like at the home of football, 1977, just like the centre of the ground was an absolute mud heap. Like, people, no one could get, like, a clean possession. Players are tripping over. I mean, Hungry managed to snag a few goals. He just took advantage of the situation, <laughs> just picked the ball up and just ran it into an open goal a few times. But I mean, I can't imagine that Kevin Bartlett's son would let him post anything that wasn't favourable to Kevin yeah. Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So the game, look, you know, we lost by one point in a game. The, the disaster for us was, I think, from the three-minute mark of the second quarter, we kicked like one goal 15. It was Bulldogs-style kicking. We just could not kick a goal. Max King, I don't know what's happened the last two weeks, uh, directly in front, 10 metres out, missed a shot. And then the rest of them were a bit more forgivable because it was just like chaos ball. Um, But just when you thought the game, like it couldn't get any worse, um, um, the press conference happened. And so just... Just have a listen to what Rats had to put up with during this press conference. Okay. Who's that? Steel. Seb Ross? Steel, sorry. Oh, Steel. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Just with the crowd and no. everybody. It's hard to hear. Um, we should invite him in. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right. So you think, okay, there's a little bit of an interruption. Maybe he's through the worst of it. But, but hang then- on, is that... The crowd singing, or is that the players yeah. in the opposition well, change room? You couldn't tell because obviously they've just set up the sponsors' boards somewhere, but it felt like the sound of like the you can hear like an air conditioning humming and then the crowd. I'm assuming it's in like a walkway between like the change rooms. I mean, it's cans. I don't think they have like a media room. It feels like they've just set it up somewhere outside the, the the dressing rooms in the stadium, whether it's like the concourse that leads to the car park or between the ground. But that sounded, I mean, that literally didn't even sound like a crowd celebrating. That sounded like the opposition team yeah. celebrating. I feel like they've set up the <laughs> coach's press conference right next to the winning team, which I feel like is well, a little cruel. Uh, just when you thought that was it, it gets worse. Yeah, we it and the way we went about it was pretty encouraging. 
I can't actually hear you, mate. I'm Sorry, definitely, I'm definitely left here. We're at about 40 people over here. It's pretty solid. <laughs> Poor old Rats, I forgot about that. Rats is deaf in one ear. That press conference, if you go to the AFL website, it goes for four minutes. That has to be the shortest post-match presser, even by a losing coach. You don't really want to be there, but that's got to be a world record, right? Four minutes? But that's a legitimate reason to leave. You know? Like, that's a, a not bevo. a coach cracking that's the like a- That's like, <laughs> I just can't hear you, mate. Like, literally, I'm trying to give you answers, but opposition supporters are drowning me out and I'm a little deaf in one ear. <laughs> I mean, it would have been... Maybe it was the Port players. Like, to me, I imagine it was just some drunk locals or, I don't know. I mean... It, it... I mean, for Port Adelaide, you're very much celebrating like it's a grand final victory yeah. at this point of the season. So I can understand that they were in a good mood. And if they were, say, a group of supporters who travelled for the game... And then they've actually like seen a win and, you know, I guess you're singing outside the... I wonder if... I mean, is there something that the AFL could embrace? Like, is there a chance that sometimes these press conferences go on a little bit long? Like, you know, if somebody's getting a bit antsy in a press conference, whether it be a a Bevo (laughs) or whether it be a Chris Scott, then they wheel in just like 30 or 40 select supporters. In fact, maybe it's an opportunity during the game if you support the hardest... We've got spotters. The AFL have spotters in the crowd and you could get selected as one of the 30 or 40 supporters who goes gets to go and chant in the room next to the opposing coaches. Yeah, doing so cheer squads get access to the presses. So they not only do they yeah. get a chance to influence the contest, they get to influence the messaging mm. after the game of the opposition. How about the cheer squad hastily put together a banner that the opposition <laughs> coach has to run through to start his press conference? I would love that. I would love, but why would the opposition be putting together a banner for the opposing coach? Wouldn't it be you put together? Well, no, because I'm saying that only the winning team gets to oh, okay, use yes. their banner. So it's not like both teams. So that's part of the victory. So you have your little jibe at your opposition at the start on your banners. That's the yeah. kind of the start of the war. But then at the end, like, I mean, the banners only ever set up the competition. The banners never get to come back and have sort of banner bragging rights, even though this is the big sort of you know, head-to-head. Like, we, we see this entire game, but what we don't get to see is the cheer squad have their moment yeah, of victory. So, right. for me, they come up each week with a banner that is sort of like zinging your opposition, and then at the post-match press conference, the <laughs> losing coach has to run through it. I love that conference. too, because that puts pressure on the cheer squad to think up something that happened yeah. during the game. Like, one goal, yeah. 15, uh, the Saints' uh, goal kickers were unseen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Danny, so all of a sudden, Danny McGinley's back in business. Mate, this is an opportunity for Danny McGinley. He should... Higher any services to all 18 clubs. <laughs> well, you know um, who had a problem with the Saints, uh, Will? Take one guess. Um, who are Kane Corns? Did Kane Corns have a problem with the Saints? Here's what he had to say. They're not kicking four goals 18 at Marvel, mm. are they? And when you missed the finals by one game last year, when you're 5-1 and one heading into this game and you haven't won a premiership for 56 years, why are you selling home <laughs> games and going to Cairns of all places? It was... The worst spectacle of football I think I've ever seen, and they've cost themselves probably two wins that they just would not lose at Marvel. And if that comes back to haunt them later on in the year when your fans are that starved for success, no amount of money can make up. Leave us out of it, Kane. Stage, and that's the finals, which you just shouldn't miss from five and one. So I think they need to have a really hard look at their strategy about going up and playing in that part of Australia. I mean, why did he have to bring out the longest premiership drought, the suffering fans? Like, he just... There was a point to be made. Sure, I get it. Like, you know, selling home games uh, can cost yourselves a victory. What happened to the Bulldogs last week? A team from Adelaide beat you by one point because you sold a game to Ballarat, right? I understand that. But then he brings up every other insecurity that a St Kilda fan has and just, like, brings it to the surface. It's so mean. Also, if you are a St Kilda fan and that is your history, then if you're at the negotiating table and your decision is do we turn down this half a million dollars or whatever it is to go and play this game based on the fact that we're pretty much guaranteed to get to the finals and roll through the finals if we don't play it here? I just feel like you're being fiscally irresponsible at St Kilda if you don't take the cash. Yes. 
and we are and we are in like ten million dollars worth of debt. Like yeah. we need to make some. Show money. me the money. I just need the money right now. We can deal with the broader ambitions of where we should play our home games when we paid off all this debt. But at the moment, St Kilda can't afford to not sell that game. And also, we lost by one point in a game that could have gone either way. And last year, we lost by one goal to a game that could have gone either way. So it's not like it has been an absolute disaster. It's just been these intensely close games in horrible in horrible conditions. And do you know what is more hilarious about Kane teeing off on us? At the end of round seven, St Kilda has finished in the top four, one spot higher than we finished at the end of round six because Sydney got beaten by so much by Brisbane. So as it turns out, things are fine and we just pocketed half a million dollars. What the fuck is he on about? Well, I mean, this is his job, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. This is his job. Yes. <laughs> this is what he does. Like, And he has his checklist. I mean, I've been listening to a lot of Kane Corns recently and like, I think I can see why he has become such a popular like football commentator and like he's got really provocative well thought out even if you completely disagree with them theories about football he doesn't just throw an opinion out there yeah he will go back through it like he is one of those guys like if you were in a relationship with Kane Corns (laughs) and it's two o'clock in the morning and you're having one of those fights where you're both saying things that you really wish that neither of you were saying Kane would be the guy who could go back through every single mistake you've oh. ever made in your relationship. And and you said on a Tuesday 20 years ago, and you'd be like, oh, fuck Kane. Kane's got it at his Filofax where he writes down all the worst things about any situation. Well, what is like, so you've seen um, a bunch of people sent us on, on, on our uh, Twitter and Instagram, um, the Sunday footy show, uh, Kane turned up with his hair dyed peroxide blonde. And he's now on the Jack Ginevan train. And yes, thank you for yes. all your correspondence, Sorry. Jack Ginevan. It's very confusing because, like, people keep handing around bottles of gin, apparently. You know, that's like getting him to sign bottles of gin. So we got confused with Jack Ginevan. Uh, so Kane uh, yeah. has... Hard G. So Kane, the Hard G. That's what I'm going to call him. Hard the Hard G. G. Yeah. I'm going to call him Cheeky Jack because he's a real Cheeky Jack. <laughs> cheeky Jack Ginevan um, uh, kicked three goals yesterday. This is before he even, you know, performed again on the big stage. But now Kane is like, yeah, I was wrong. I'm on the-. And, and the great thing about this is this, he's a smart heel because what he's doing, even though on the surface it's like, yeah, well, I was wrong, he's actually being even more infuriating because he's backpedaling and he's doing it like shamelessly to the point where he's like, I'm backpedaling so far that I'm going to dye my hair blonde. So what you're actually doing is kind of mocking Jack Ginevan in yeah. a way. Like it's brilliant. He's really a really great villain. He also understands that this inserts him into that story. Like, yes. Jack doing well only brings more attention on Kane Cords. So, of course, he's going to rock up to the rally, you yeah. know? Of course, yeah, I'll be there. Of course, this is great for me. Uh, you know who is exciting, uh, Will, is the Dockers. You and I uh-huh. are both big fans. Yeah. The lid has to be off now, right? I mean, no one said they could do it. No one said they could win at the Cattery. How engorged do you think those inflatable anchor uh, things at, at Optus Stadium are now with the, with the Dockers Turgid. playing so well? Turgid. Turgid. Just rock, rock at There's veins. They've never been sighted <laughs> before on those inflatable anchors, but they're just thick, veiny anchors all around Optus Stadium. purple veins <laughs> all around that stadium. Oh, mate. They are great. Like, great I mean, to watch, aren't they? So like you genuinely I, and I'm enjoy it. this, by the way, as I'm, I'm adopting this is it. I'm, I'm on Prio. They're my second team for the season. Okay. Like every season I like to get behind another team. And this, this year I am swept up in the magic of the Fremantle Dockers. And I feel like this is a Bulldogs victory. I mean, we're talking about <laughs> Simon Garlic is the CEO there, right? Yeah, Bob Murphy. Bob Murphy's gone over to work there. Like, I think, like, Matty Boyd's been there or somebody else. Like, there's yeah. a, anyway, there's a few other Bulldogs boys there. So, for me, very comfortable to get behind the Dockers. They're great. And they are kind of culturally similar to the Bulldogs in the sense it's kind of like they're a second-string team, working-class roots, you know, uh, traditionally unsuccessful. So, it is – it's not a million miles away. Like, if all those – ex-Bulldogs are gone to the Eagles. I don't think you'd be as easily like swayed as like, oh yeah, I'm going for the Eagles now. But you can sort of get behind them on a kind of conceptual level, can't you? I, like, put it this way. Like, Melbourne to me are the clear favourites of the Premiership. Yes. 
And I'm not sure that Frio are the second best team in it. But I think, I, I think I'd probably be pretty happy if Brisbane won. Like, I think they deserve a premiership with that team and the way that they play, clearly. But Frio, like if Frio came out of nowhere and won the grand final, I'd be wrapped. And Nat Fife uh, went to the coach this week, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this reported in the press, but Nat Fife went to the coach this week. Introduced himself, learned the coach's name. <laughs> Mate, he, you didn't you didn't know Justin Longmuir's name until the start of this season. Yeah, I mean I don't play for Frio though. Yeah, that's so. my point. <laughs> <laughs> and so but apparently went to the coach and said that he was happy to play anywhere when he came back. He would play down forward, up back, in the middle, wherever they needed him. And I always thought that would be the case, Charlie, because if there's one thing I know about Nat Five that he is both an introvert and an extrovert. He can, yeah, he can well be all of those things. Well, it was funny because that was really the press. Nat Fife never came out and said, I will only play in the midfield. That was the press saying, oh, you can't bring Nat Fife mm. back and ask him to play a role up forward. It's like, yeah. why not? I, mean, yeah, team- I, I agree with you, Charlie. It's completely unfair for people to speculate widely about what <laughs> Nat Fife's like without any information. <laughs> And if you'd like to see our Net 5 Ben Cunnington fan fiction, you can go to last season's Two Guys, One Cup. I did watch that game, and I've got to say, like, there was a few times, one of my uh, favourite phrases in, in footy is the ironic cheer. When the crowd lets out an ironic cheer, they feel like they've been deprived of free kick. And to hear the Geelong crowd give an ironic cheer because they got a free kick, I'm like, are you kidding me? All you guys get is free <laughs> kicks down there. What are you talking about? For the first time ever, the opposition was getting maybe the rub of the green and you're like, oh God, what is this? You've won so many games because the umpire give you free, gives you free kicks. Yeah, but if you like become expected you know, to it, like, I mean, if you, every time you Privilege. go into your bedroom, there's a, like a little chocolate on your pillow <laughs> yeah. and one day there's not a chocolate on your pillow, you're like, where's my fucking chocolate? Well, what do they say about like uh, privilege? Like when, you, when you're used to privilege, equality feels like discrimination. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a thing that um, people always say, there's an old kind of comedian's entertainer's story, which is yeah. like, um, if a normal person enters a room and there's a fruit platter, the normal person thinks, oh, I wonder who that fruit platter's for. And if an entertainer enters the room and there's a fruit platter, they're like, I wonder who got me a fruit platter. <laughs> and I think that that is very much how Geelong feel about free kicks down in Geelong. Uh, so I think Freo up by 23 points in the last quarter. The Cats clawed it back. It came down to a three-point margin at the final ball up. And there was a lot of excitement around um, David Mundy's contested work in that final minute and a half. Now, people have praised Dave Mundy for the way he went in there and he jumped on the ball and he took his time getting it out and stuff. And they're saying, like, what? Uh, that's what experience does for you. That's a contested ball master. I have another theory. I think it was dementia. Yeah. I think Dave Mundy got in there and got the ball and was like, oh, what's this? Oh, my Aldi. Uh, someone put me to the post office. I clearly... Saw on the footage him saying, am I at Aldi? So that does check out. <laughs> yeah, a bit of ageist humour for you. We're not, we're not above that here at Two Guys, right, Carl? I mean, I think it's fine for us to make ageist humour about blokes who are playing in the AFL where we are older <laughs> than most of the coaches in the AFL. <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, we, we talked a little bit about Cheeky Jack. Um, yeah. uh, uh, I want to know, uh, do you think... Um, do you think that Cheeky Jack Ginevan is, will he be embraced? Ginevan. Oh, God damn it. Did I say Ginevan? Yes. Ginevan. Cheeky Jack. It's because I say Cheeky Jack. The alliteration rolls onto gin. Cheeky Jack Ginevan. Cheeky. Yeah, you've got to call him Geeky Jack Ginevan. Geeky Jack. No, that doesn't work. What about gorgeous <laughs> Jack Ginevan? <laughs> Do you think he'll be embraced by the wider footy public? Yes. And in fact, here's what I would say. This is where Kane Corns has done Ginevan the greatest of all services because if Ginevan was out on his own doing what he is, Collingwood fans would love him and there'd be a small percentage of the rest of the fans that would love him for a while. But afterwards, he would actually just become the player you hate the most on the opposition team. But because he is hated him. by... Well, the fact that he was like called out by Kane, I think yeah. everybody's like, oh, well, it's like someone can be a terrible person, but if Andrew Bolt said that they were doing a terrible job, you'd be like, I'm siding with the guy who's not Andrew Bolt. <laughs> and I think it's the same in that situation. Like, I think Ginevan's got a lot of, like everyone wanted to see him do well to stick it up Kane. So now we're all invested in the fact that he's doing well. And I think it's actually done him a favor. Well, I wasn't sure how I felt about Cheeky Jack. 
and then um, I saw him getting interviewed on 360 after the Anzac Day again, and uh, I was charmed. I've got to say, like, he was one of those players where it's like he's a – so he was a country footballer um, and grew up in the country, but he was one of those guys – when you were playing junior footy, did you ever have a guy in your team or, or in one of the teams in your league where just one day you'd hear, like, did you hear – like, at my, at my club, I was like, did you hear that um, Paul kicked – 27 goals a weekend. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Literally at my club, his name was Paul. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was this one kid who was just one of those natural gun footballers who actually, like, well, I mean, was a really, really good footballer most weeks, but had this level that when they were on was just unstoppable to children. Like, there was just no yeah. way that when you were that young anyone knew what to do when somebody was just making everybody look so ridiculous. And he was, yeah, he was exactly that guy. The guy you're just like, oh, did you hear he like kicked 16 goals like playing in the midfield today? <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently there was one season where uh, in the under-13s, I think it was, Jack Ginevan kicked 100 goals. And so uh, uh, here's a little story he told on 360. So we know you kicked 100 goals. 100 goals. 100 goals <laughs> in the under-12s. What was your best bag that year and who was it against? <laughs> I kicked 15 um, against Denali in a half, and then Dad made me play for Denali the second half. <laughs> That's you kicked 15 and a half. Oh yeah, and how so, many kick? How many you kick for the opposition? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that though. I just love the idea that like uh, the, the kid who just loved playing yeah. footy was so good at it. And that's so, sort of how he played. I mean, you saw that goal he kicked yesterday. Like, this could be a front runner for goal of the year now. It's a bit like Jack Higgins' goal when he played for the Tigers a few years ago. And this is what we sort of, like, this is the, I know it's a cliche of, oh, we don't want robots out there and blah, blah, blah. But it's not just about we don't want robots. We want guys out there who, like Joe Danaher, like Jack Ginevan, like Jack Higgins, who just love playing footy and just want to kick bags of goals and just do it in the most sensational, uh, you know, acrobatic way possible. Yeah, I mean, I so did you see the Harms McDonald goal thing in the Melbourne game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like, where Harms was just like trying it. to kick goal of the year, and like McDonald's like marked it unopposed on the goal line. Yeah, and I want to see more of that because that's the only way to beat Melbourne is play Melbourne against Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne in against fact, Melbourne. I think Melbourne people should be trying to steal goals from other Melbourne players. Uh, there was a very heartwarming moment, Will, uh, before the Blues versus uh, the uh, the Kangaroos game in which uh, Ben Cunnington and Sam Doherty, both survivors of cancer, gave each other a big hug, which was a heartwarming moment, which was then followed by a game in which the players went absolutely berserk on each other, turned it into an absolute absolute snipe fest, snipe fest. So we've gone from like beautiful heartwarming, we're in this together, to, hey, let's tunnel each other, punch each other in the back of their head. <laughs> like... Is that the rule? Like, if you have a heartwarming moment, are you then allowed to go, or should that be the rule? You have a heartwarming moment before the game, you can then, you know, no holds barred once once a game's underway. Oh, I think it's one of those things where if you've got, like, a couple of players who have both, you know, fought cancer, cancer's right up there in the injury stakes, like in medical stakes, right? Yeah. So anything that's under cancer is now allowable on the field. Because it doesn't feel like that big a deal. Like, it's like, yeah, sure, you tunneled me when I was going for a mark, but I didn't give you cancer. So, I mean, compared <laughs> right, so, to that, right? Yeah, that, that's the high water mark. Yeah. Like, so that's the rule for the rest of the game is like, you can't injure anyone more than whatever the predominant injury on the field already is. But unfortunately, there's a couple of guys who battled cancer. So, so it's a go, go helpful ever. Yeah. Uh, now, Will, exciting news. Uh, we all know that the Pocket Profile Pocket is everyone's oh, yeah. favourite segment, and we put the call out. We put the call out to, a, to the listeners to see if anyone could come up with a theme. Okay. And uh, listener Hugh has delivered. So very proud to announce and debut the Pocket Profile Pocket theme. Take it away. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. It's snappy. It's to the point. It explains what the segment is. It's got a lovely rhyme. Good energy. Well done. And we did we did a Tony Lockett Pocket Profile. It's one of the first ones we did. I don't know if we've done a Jake Lloyd one because chances are we haven't. I've just forgotten because I just don't know anything about <laughs> Jake Lloyd. 
but the subject of uh, this week's Pocket Profile Pocket is the Hawthorne Ball Accumulator, mm-hmm. Tom Mitchell. Okay. How well do you think you know former Swan, current Hawk, Tom Mitchell? I don't, I don't know. I've, I've lost okay. a little confidence in the last yeah, couple last of weeks. Yeah, last week was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, it was a Last real, week was your port. It was, it was a real shocker. Port game in Cairns. Yeah, yeah, I was trying right. to do a press conference to apologise <laughs> afterwards, but it just got drowned out by the guys from Junk Time <laughs> AFL celebrating <laughs> how much I dragged down our podcast. Uh, now, uh, because you are yes. feeling not confident, I'm going to give you a, a, a big clue. Mm-hmm. So over the year, or over the you know, previous six weeks, I've said to you there's some common themes running through a lot of these profiles yes. that I've been reading. There's some real tropes. Mm-hmm. So you just need to think back to some of the ones we've discussed. And okay. when the question comes up, you've just got to just remember. So I think okay. if make that your call a friend option. So Now, is this, question, can I ask this, is this a recent? Do we yes, know what are, era these, this? Okay, they, these are all, I'm, I'm pulling from this year. This okay, is 2021. Great. Um, I don't think that's going to help you at all. <laughs> but, but yes, this is Tom Mitchell interviewed whenever he was. Okay. I've got to say, and you can't see this, it's visual only, but his pocket profile photo, it's a weird face he's pulling. Like, I don't know if that's his, his resting face. He looks like he's smiling, but it's, you know when a smile looks like a grimace? Like when you see a toddler smile for a photograph, and they like do something like that. Like it's, it's a weird face. Okay. All right. Okay. Does Tom Mitchell go to AFL games when Hawthorne is not playing? By the way, that's what they call resting Mitch face. <laughs> so um, does he go to games? Yes, when the Hawks aren't playing. Now, ordinarily, like a lot of players haven't been going to games. But he strikes me as a guy who's a student of the game, that he, would, that he loves the game. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Um, so I'm going to say that he does, that he does No, go. he doesn't. Ah, <laughs> I would have said the same thing. I mean, there's, there is a, uh, like an Instagram account. I think, I think it's Ball Magnets. Him and a mm. bunch of players have got this like uh, AFL Academy. And he's in it all the time, like showing you how to like, you know, increase his skills with, you know, doing all these exercises and stuff. So I would have gone, yeah, for sure. He would see as many games as possible, but clearly he's too busy on the gram making his ball magnets videos. Well, it's better to be on the gram than on the grams. If the the two options that AFL players have for their weekends. Yeah, good point. Um, Should the centre bounce be retained? Oh, this one, like, I don't even know where to go with this anymore because it feels like a lot of midfielders actually want to get rid of it like you know which surprises me but I'm gonna go with this got I, this went wrong for me in the first answer but I'm just gonna just go with it anyway he's a bit of a traditionalist he likes the bounce of the ball he does like the bounce of the okay. ball I mean but that's confusing right mm-hmm. like you would think that a guy who wants a center bounce to be retained would yeah. be a student of the game would be watching as much football he goes I don't care if they bounce it in other games I'm not watching them <laughs> okay um what was his now the I've got to say, these next two questions mm. are thematically linked, okay. right? And um, I, 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 once you hear the answer to, once we hear the answer to both questions, you're going to be confused. But they are thematically linked. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, and I'll give you a clue to make it easier. Yeah, right? So his scariest non-football moment, uh-huh. um, John Wick probably would say this as well. Oh, uh, his dog died? Like yes, some, losing, yeah, losing, losing his, his dog. dog. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that is, I mean, that is absolutely scary. John Mitch. John Mitch, John doesn't quite work. <laughs> John Mitch, John Wick. Uh, so who rules the ro- roost in his household? Uh, his dog. But his dog's dead. Oh, hang on. Well, maybe he just lost his dog. He didn't lose his dog. Does it say he lost his dog? Did his dog just go missing He said losing day? my, the scariest non-football moment, mm. losing my dog. Yeah. Well, he probably just lost his dog. His dog didn't die. Oh, as in the dog got lost? <laughs> he got lost, park? yeah. Oh, so not John Wick. That clue was completely no, misleading. terrible, but anyway. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Okay. But if I said to you, um, uh, if you said, hey, Charlie, where's your dog? I'm like, oh, we lost him. Mm. You'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, well, go find him. 
Get out there and find that damn dog. What are you doing a podcast for? <laughs> I mean, it is a weird way to say it. Like, rather than like, he went missing or my dog was missing. If, for my, do- or- if my dog went missing. Yeah. If, if I lost my dog would be your scariest non-football I've got to be honest with you. It's less John Wick and now it's more like the Taken franchise. Yeah. I imagine the dog was kidnapped and then Tom Mitchell's got on the phone and he goes, you might not have heard of me, but I've won a Brownlow medal and I have a particular set of skills and I will, yeah. hunt, you, I will hunt the ball and I will kill the ball. But the bad guys would be like, yeah, but mate, we know what your set of skills are and frankly, you're not really damaging on offense. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of it, but we're not worried about what you do when you get it. Um, okay, uh, so where did he go to Auskick? Um, a Melbourne suburb with two names. Uh, Glenn uh, with, with Iris. Two words in it. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was going to give you like a Glenn Rich clue. You, you know what? Just I actually just went with the first you, thing you that came into it. my head. It just Okay, let, all right, let's, let's not mm. talk too much. Just while you're in the flow. Mm. Did he have a part-time job while at school? Yes. And what was it? McDonald's. Oh, paper round. Mm. Very wholesome. Um, who's the best storyteller at his club? Well, I imagine this guy tells tall Big stories. Big boy, McAvoy. No. Ah! <laughs> but, you know, Ruckman, so you're close. Um, who's the best social outing organiser at your club? And my clue here is you don't need to rack your brain. Uh, James Sicily. No. <laughs> Oh, you don't need to. (laughs) No, not that's not the clue. (laughs) No, the clue is don't think too hard because he's the guy. Like, oh, Tom Mitchell's the guy. Yeah, Tommy Mitchell is the best. (laughs) Is that what you say? Yeah, he's He's nominated himself as the party starter. Yeah, I don't see that. Do you? Do you see like when you think party man, Mm. like Petrarca? I'm like, he seems like a party guy. And, you know, we know, like, Liberatore, party boy. Yeah. But Tom Mitchell? Like, if you had a choice of hanging out with Tom Mitchell, mm. uh, Libba, or, or Petrarca, who are you hanging out with? I mean, okay, that's interesting. Good question. I'm going to rank them in not order. In town. I'm going to rank them in order, and then you have to rank yours in order. So you, Okay, not- off-season, se- off so they yeah. can, they can you know, they're not beholden to training or anything like that. Okay, and the list is Petrarca, Tom Mitchell, and... Libba. Libba. Mm. I'm going out with Libba, I reckon. Number yeah, me one. Too. Number one with yeah, Libba. Yeah. I reckon it would be a great night with Libba. I'd probably wake up with a tattoo, potentially in another state. You know what? Number two, I'm going to go out with Tom Mitchell because I'm curious. Like, I, I think I can imagine what a night with Christian Petrarca would feel like, right? Like, I've yeah. been on a few of those what a Red nights, Bull. right? I went out what with Dennis Rodman one night, and I feel like it would just be some version of what that was like. But I want to see what a Tommy Mitchell night out is. Um, you know what he probably is- does? Based on his accumulation on the field, he only visits over 30s clubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Just gets the numbers up. Um, he never gets a buddy's 100, but when they're over 30s, like 50 count for two. Uh, who's the most tech-savvy teammate at, at the Hawks? Um, um, okay. He's a bit of a cult hero at the moment. Mm-hmm. Defender. Oh, Jeff. Yes, CJ. Which teammate should run for office in the future? Mm. I don't even know who this player is. Okay. Give me a clue on his name, just a cryptic clue. Okay. His initials are TP. Uh, Same first name as the guy we're talking about. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Tom, Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Tom <laughs> Phillips. It's been a real heartbreaking season for Tom. <laughs> Do you know who Tom Phillips is? Um, no. How does he rate his cooking skills? Mm. One out of five. Mm. Sorry, from one to five. Yeah, interesting. I'm going to say he's a a, a good trainer and preparer. He feels like that's kind of... So Mm. I'm going to say that he probably has a capacity for cooking. I'm going to say he's a four out of five guy. No, no. He's a two out of five. So far, I think, we're at half time. I think this has been a, I, I think you, you, you're hanging in there. Like the, Tom hasn't blown you off the park. You're getting a couple right, but you, you need to tighten up your defense. And I think you need to take more chances. I need, you need to go long through the middle. Okay. There was a moment in the early in the second quarter where it looked like yeah. you were switched on, but then I don't know, you lost confidence okay. again. So let's just see if you can, let's see if you can find right. that magic. All right. Okay. What's his best dish? Mm, and pasta. my clue is... No. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got to give you a clue as well. You just played on and kicked it into the mountain. You mark. said to me, just kick it down the guts. 
I'm calling you. I'm calling you to the bench. I'm calling you to the bench. I want to have a quick chat. <laughs> just disregard what I said. Do not play to your instincts. Just play to the game plan, which is to listen. Listen to my clues from now on. Okay. <laughs> um, what was his? Now listen. What did I say? What did I say before the game? What did I? I pulled you aside while everyone was warming up, and I, what did I say, Will? You said that there's a, some tropes, there's themes tropes. that are going to develop here. Okay. What's his worst cooking disaster? Uh, so he set something on fire. The barbecue, probably. He blew up his barbecue. <laughs> It is astounding how many AFL players, who I remind you are adult men, we, I mean, have blown up their barbecue. It's amazing like, that we haven't lost more. <laughs> out, it sounds like it should be out each week. Barbecue injury. Uh, golf or You know what it is, though? I, I absolutely, this is what I think it is. These are men, and most of the ones who've blown up the barbecue have rated themselves as two out of five, you know, one out of five yeah. poor cooks, right? So the only time they're ever like cooking something is barbecue. They're professional sports people who have every other care and wish looked after and taken care of them. Down at the yeah. club, they're not expected to, you know, no, turn the gas back off once the barbecue's done and stuff like that. Somebody else's, the boot stutter's taking care of that. And, but at home, you know, they're just wandering off eating their sausage while the barbecue blows up. I saw a clip. So uh, Nick Revolt, did he win Master Chef, or at least, you know, he made it to the final? I didn't say it, but Master apparently he did very well. I don't know if he won Yeah, or not. okay. So I saw a clip of him on Triple M um, talking to, to uh, Billy Brownless about how, you know, he learnt to cook a steak. And he was, you know, describing that, you know, you put a bit of butter in the pan and you sear the steak and then... And then Billy was like, well, what do you mean? You don't, you, don't, you don't cook it on the barbecue? And, and Nick was like, yeah, I know, I know. Like, that's how you cook a steak right on the barbecue. No, you put it in a pan with butter. And I'm like, really? Like, I'm not, I am no gourmet chef, but I'm aware that you can cook food on other things other than the barbecue. But you're right? a man. You what do you pan. mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the sheer, like, mind explosion yeah. of Billy Brownless. And then a lot of licking lips, Billy licking his lips, as, as Rude described in great detail, the, uh, the cooking of the steak and butter. There's just certain aspects of their lives that they have no great insight into. Because for a lot of them, they've gone from being at home to being often in, like, a club home where people are providing mm. the same services that, like, your mum or dad might have provided at home to then often it feels like from the way they rate their own cooking into relationships where their partner is doing the majority of the cooking. So it does not feel like many of them are are quite amazed by the fact that you can cook a steak (laughs) in a frying pan. Speaking of that, um, this is a segment uh, I'm just going to steal from junk time for a second, footballers in real life. Uh, Last night, I was in Melbourne, as I mentioned earlier, uh, on Chapel Street, and I saw St Kilda midfielder Hunter Clark Mm. Um, with his girlfriend preparing to go, I assume, to dinner because it was dinner time and they seemed to be looking around at restaurants. And he was being so affectionate and tender with his girlfriend, like, you know, sort of checking in with her, giving her a bit of a shoulder rub as they kind of discuss their options. And part of me was like, isn't that sweet? And then part of me was like, he's not showing enough killer instinct. (laughs) Like, he needs to be switched on all the time. Like, I don't know what I was expecting to see, but I want to, like, he's trying to get into the midfield this year and I'm like... I don't know, man. I don't know if he, if he shows a hard enough edge okay, when he and his girlfriend are choosing dinner. couple of things. Firstly, yeah. if it wasn't his girlfriend, you just really blown up his spot. <laughs> so that's the end of his season. <laughs> so well done. And then secondly, um, no, 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 no. I think, I think it's an irresponsible message for us to be sending even comedically to our listeners that players should be practicing their tackling <laughs> skills on their domestic partners. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That's I'm just sounded saying... like what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's not at all what I was saying. I just wanted to see like that more that sort of Steve Waugh, yeah. steely-eyed ice, you know, just like that, that ice, ice man yeah. kind of like, you know, surveying the the restaurant options like a terminator and picking like the picking picking the correct op- yeah. the correct first option and going for that. Yeah, but I mean like I don't know if a restaurant is a good example of like Do you think Clayton Oliver yeah. like go, like stands around going, "Oh, I wonder what restaurant." No, Clayton Oliver f- sees restaurant gets restaurant. That's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very simple process for Clayton. Everything is first option with Clayton. 
But you're suggesting that it's the responsibility of AFL footballers to live their football <laughs> values in every other aspect of their life. Is that what you're saying? All I'm saying if it is if I was a recruiter, yeah. I'd be like, mm, I don't know. You know, because mm. recruiters do do like a 360 yeah. examination of, of a player's life. And I would, if that was like a player put in front of me, I'd be like, mm, he gets confused by dinner options. How's he going to be in the heat of a game? But how far do you want to take that? Like, if like if a player's picking up a latte, is he like yelling at the other baristas to get around the barista to celebrate the fact that they nailed the latte? Like, I mean, I'm not sure. Come on, get in. Look at this. Uh, did I? I don't even know. Did I uh, give his answer for what his bestish was, or did I just lambast? No, him? no, you didn't. Give me another guess. Okay. Let's let's do a reset on that one. Let's give me a. Like okay, score so review. Score, score review has come in. Okay, so the clue I was going to give is he does. It's not necessarily a dish. It's okay. It it, it can be many things. Mm. All right, <laughs> this is going to be one of those. Breakfast. This is, gonna, is it no, breakfast? It's going to be one of those clues that you're like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. I mean, this All makes right. sense after hear the answer. Yeah. But yes, it is a dish. It can also be uh, part of a dish. It is also a thing outside Salad. of being food. Salad? No. Oh, no. Okay. Outside of being food. Yeah. It is, oh. it is, it is a, well, it's a sentient thing. So it's like, I mean, you don't say I'm going to eat cow for dinner. You say I'm going to eat a steak. It's not that. Yeah. This thing, you can describe it as it is in its living state. And that would also. Fish. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I just, some, there are some days we do this show. Like, I know that there was people who are angry that we moved to listener. I'm surprised listener are not angry that we moved to listener. And they're like, hang on, this is what we paid for? This show? So, but was his answer just fish? Yes. Like, what's your best dish? And he just said fish. Yes. No, like, description of how he cooks or the it. Kind of how fish. he prepares it, the type of fish. No more details. Fish. Fish. And, uh, well, let's say, I mean, he did say he's a two out of, two out of five okay. cook, so, you know. Okay. Uh, that's a guy you want around your fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, golf or tennis or neither? Uh, both. No, one of them. Uh, golf. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're having one of those kind of games where you, you're missing the ones from dead out in front, but maybe you, you, you're doing some. Getting some as well. Oh, well I don't know if you, you're getting some. Mixed bag. But I think what you're doing is you're putting a lot of pressure on in the forward line, which is good. Yeah. You're chasing and tackling. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you can't contribute to the scoreboard, that's how you do it. Yeah. Has he ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Well, based on previous tropes, I'm just going to say yes. And you'd be right. Can he keep a secret? Uh, Everyone thinks they can keep a secret. Um, Yes. Correct. This is great. Look at this. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) Look at you. Great third quarter. (laughs) Your idea of a perfect day. Now, think big. Oh. But not that big. (laughs) But think, well, pretty big. I mean... You know, there's probably two biggest days uh, in the life of a footballer. It's one of the two biggest yeah. days. So this is, sorry, what was the question? Your idea of a perfect day. Mm. So winning the AFL grand Winning football. the flag. I mean, I'm assuming he doesn't have a partner because he didn't say, like, you know, dinner with my wife or trying to decide which restaurant to eat at. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good point for a guy who can barely cook fish. I would have like maybe done a bit more sucking up. Uh, what is something that he's proud of? And this is good. And, you know, more footballers should, you know, uh, probably do this, especially. I mean, Tom Mitchell will be fine. I imagine he's on a pretty healthy contract. Uh, he has a university degree or like a, a job. Yes, like a- he started a business, which yeah. I imagine is ball magnets. Which <laughs> what I've seen. Uh, okay. How do you feel? That's into the third quarter. I think yeah, you did some bad. good things. Yeah. I think you just need to finish off your work now. There's only one, two, three questions. Okay. And I reckon you could get all of these. Oh, oh should I not have said that? <laughs> I know, that's the Moz. That's the absolute Moz. Never oh, misses from here. <laughs> if you could play an instrument, what would it be? Uh, if I could play an instrument, what would it be? Um... The guitar. Correct. Oh, I love it. Um, I'm going to give you a clue on this one because mm-hmm. I really want you to get three out of three. 
What TV series are you binge watching? Okay. Sports documentary. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a sports documentary. I mean, it feels too late for The Last Dance. I mean, you could still be watching that. It's a pretty popular sports documentary. Is there one that's more popular that's been recently around? It could be Drive to Survive, the, the Formula One one. That's pretty popular. I'm going to say The Last Dance. Correct. All right. Okay. And now, Will. Here we go. Three out of three and a let's fantastic see. finish. Mm-hmm. The headlines will okay. be Will Finds let's, Form. Let's not build this up too much. <laughs> the best movie of all time. Now, what did I say to you before the game, Will? What did I say? What did I whisper in your ear before you ran out? The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. He's done it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes! On the side. Uh, look, you did well, but you must admit you were well coached. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well coached, but I think, you know, I think I got clear instructions from the coach that you I managed executed. to follow them, which sometimes... Sometimes you're a little bevo <laughs> yeah. in your coaching. You know, you're telling some wild rambly story and I'm not sure which bit I'm meant to be connecting with you. But today I thought you were very clear and concise in your coaching as well. Oh, that's great. That makes me really happy. I was worried. I really thought I, last week's pocket profile was no fun for anyone. Mm. <laughs> but I'm really no. glad you're able to bring it home. Um, okay, well, let's get to the mailbag. A um, lot of people uh, writing, a lot of people wanting to know what we think of Kane Corns dyeing his hair. I think we've covered that. Um, okay, so this is from uh, O Virtue. Uh, I've got some more bad footy team nicknames for you. Wet Toast. Mm-hmm. That's pretty obvious, right? West Coast, Wet Toast. I don't think that's a good nickname. It sort of vaguely rhymes, but it doesn't actually get to the heart of... I think Worst Coast is better. We had that... Yeah, Worst Coast is better than Wet Toast. Um, okay, the Fruit Tingles. Who's that referred to? Mm. Uh, there must be Adelaide tingles. I'd say Adelaide Crows right because of the licorice all oh, sorts because they look like it? fruit tingles but they're the licorice yeah. all sorts I thought fruit tingles mm. yeah I bet again fruit tingles um, the, what's the, wrong with fruit tingles the road, the road workers <laughs> that's pretty obvious uh, the road workers yeah. the road no no I don't, think, I, don't think, I think it's no. more of a visual no thing so what do you see road workers wearing Oh, uh, Gold Coast or GWS. Oh, that's a good point. Which one? I would have said Gold Coast, but you're right. GWS is more of a high-vis color. That orange is more like the road workers' high-vis. That's confusing. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's not a good nickname at all. And then the Bumblers, uh, which would have to be the Bombers, right? Um, Okay, can Charlie... This is from uh, Ashbird. 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 Can Charlie discuss how St Kilda can make money other than selling games? Wrong answers only. Mm. Um, will have to be something Jack related, maybe like a chain of restaurants, like uh, yeah. like they do uh, uh, the only Jack themed foods. Um, so like uh, flapjacks, jackfruit. Uh, <laughs> there's two things on the menu. Hungry, hungry jacks. jacks. You can get also you can get hungry jacks. It's not a hungry jacks. To be fair, they will just go to the nearest hungry jacks and bring some back. It is Jack thing. Uh, Duncan wants to know, off the field, who is the best woodworker in the league? Mm. Well, does okay. that, it was woodworker carpentry, because then you could just go like a Jesus analogy. Mm. So I'd say like uh, you know, Josh Kennedy at the Eagles. looks you know, He looks like he probably could swing a hammer. I mean, I assume that woodworker is code in this context though, right? Wouldn't it be? Like, wouldn't it be like woodworker would be, you know oh, what I'm saying? You know, if w- you know works I'm, the workbench. You know? Works with their wood, if you... Oh, I have not. That's gross. Mason Wood? Mason Wood at St. Kilda? He seems like a good woodworker. Uh, Jason wants to know, and maybe this is you can pull on your Will Goes Whack helmet for a second. Uh, what does Kane Corns okay. think about what Kane Corns has gone and done to his hair? Oh, okay. Very meta. Deep <laughs> yeah. inside the rabbit hole, isn't it? Okay, so... Your Kane what Corns, am I? I'm commenting on Kane, Kane Corns, Corns... To Kane Corns. Reacting yeah. to Kane Corns... All right, okay. Yeah, Hang okay, on, before you enough. do that, we do have another theme uh, for Will Goes Whack. Should we play it? <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. All right, let's go. Look out, Clem, you better watch your back. <laughs> Will Goes Whack. Sorry, I forgot we had two themes. <laughs> what has happened? What has happened? 
Cane corns. The AFL has very few men of principle, and to this point, I've held up Cane corns as being somebody, someone who is willing to not namby-pamby around AFL House, to shoot straight when it comes to matters of football. Somebody whose word you might not agree with, but whose word you can trust. He is a man who has convictions and he stands by those convictions. So to see him flip-flop when it comes to Ginnivan, to not just uh, embrace this new G-train, but to become the lead conductor on the G-train, dyeing his own hair, well, a little bit of me (laughs) died inside Cane corns to see you embarrass yourself in that way. So, <laughs> Will goes whack. Will goes whack. <laughs> uh, wants to know Will West Coast media crop out the scoreline from the Josh Kennedy 700th goal highlights montage? Yeah, that was that was ugly. Mm, um, yeah. It's unusual to see West Coast in this position, isn't it? I can't think of a time in ever that West Coast have been so bad. And it sort of feels like. The it's COVID right. thing, we all understood, but that that covered the mm. real rot. Like that was what we thought was the problem. But it's like uh, it's like the Meg. Have you seen the Meg? And you know, at the start of the film, it's like there's a giant shark, and then you know they get the giant shark, but then a giant shark eats the giant shark, and you're like, oh, that's the real Meg. <laughs> so that's that's West Coast season, <laughs> the Meg. Yeah, there's no doubt that there is trouble over there. They need to start again a bit, don't they? It's going to be the sad end of a lot of like glorious careers i would imagine uh laura wants to know what do you think of the casbolt curse has never kicked more than four goals a game look i think that's the opposite i think uh the 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 casbolt blessing the fact that levi casbolt is still playing footy and pretty much at a high level and has been really good for gold coast this year is remarkably it's not a curse like this is better than anyone probably levi even thought he could play well, I think that, yeah, I think you're looking at it the wrong... You're looking at your Levi half empty rather than your Levi yeah. half full. Like, you've gone to the Levi and the Levi was dry. <laughs> but, the, <Yes. laughs> but to me, yeah, I'm like you, Charlie. Look at the days he kicked four goals and marvel <laughs> at the fact that Levi Caswell managed to kick four goals one was, day. Like, more than once. There was a once. moment in the uh, Pies game yesterday where the, they had a bit of momentum, the Gold Coast, and he took a market centre half back and they had a player out in the wing, out by a mile, and he's just had to do a, just a gentle field kick to this player and it was just like, he managed to... I've never seen a ball move like that through the air. It had like reverse swing. Like Shane Warne would have been proud of the way he managed to bend that ball back straight into a Pies player's arms. Um, okay. Uh, oh, God. This this person always writes in. I always get the name right. Mang, Mango. Mango Yand. Mangori Yand. <laughs> I don't know. Let's call him Mango or her Mango. Which stat mentioned on the coverage do you think absolutely makes no sense at all? Is there something that you... I, there's a lot, actually. There's a lot of kind of... Like when Joey and Kingy, you know, come out with their stats and say, oh, they're very low on this number. Like a lot of, you know, they'll talk about like um, uh, the Bulldogs against Essendon yesterday, they said, had 40% transition from defense to attack which is fantastic and i'm like but isn't 40 percent a low number like how is that fantastic and what is transition from defense to attack like does, doesn't that happen all the i don't know so everything is my answer to that yeah I, look i mean all these things make sense to i think the difference is they make sense to clubs as internalized measurement points, right? Like, you know, you always want to be, everything in these modern day ages, you want to be able to, you think if you can measure it, you can control it. This is, you know, the curse of our modern day lives that we think things are controllable if they're measurable, but they're not really. And the way that the commentators talk about it, I get that coaches might talk about it to each other at the club, but this idea of like how many, like when, even the best commentators in the game, when they start talking about, yeah, look at their you know, 40% defense to offense yeah. numbers, you're shut like, up. shut up. It's all justification because <laughs> no one knows shut anything. Up. Like if, if Gold Coast had won yesterday, Port Adelaide would have been one yeah. game in percentage out of being in the finals. Well, have you, have you like got around this predicted score shit? Oh, yeah. Like when they keep talking about like unpredicted score, yeah. the Bulldogs won yesterday. You're like, hang on, but that's not how the game works. I know. It's so ridiculous. And then the articles, like, you know, the nine things we noticed on the AFL website, and they were like, St Kilda needs to have a crisis meeting. It's like, 
We've just won five in a row. We lost a game in terrible conditions by one point to a team that finished top four last year, and it's time to have a crisis meeting? What the hell are you on about? I mean, also, I can't imagine that having crisis meetings... <laughs> like, I've been in places where things have been in crisis, and the more crisis meetings you have, the more the crisis... <laughs> Exacerbates. ...perpetuates, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, save your crisis meeting for when you know it's a genuine crisis. You're not spending a crisis meeting at fucking five and two. Uh, Maddie, uh, who's a Hawthorne supporter, clearly says, I think the Hawks are on track for another three-peat soon. Thus proving why everyone hates Hawthorne supporters. Yeah, fuck you all. <laughs> Sarah, uh, Sarah <laughs> wants to know, can anyone stop Richmond after thrashing checks notes, the contenders for the wooden spoon? Mm. That was interesting. A lot of people were going, wow, like Tigers are back. But come on, come on, come on. They beat West Coast, come on. I know, you know what it was though? It was nice to see them get to play the way we remember them. Yeah. Even if it was against a... Oh. you know, substandard opposition. It was great because it remind they can't play like that against Melbourne anymore. Yeah. But that's the Richmond that we all remember and we want to actually occasionally see them play that way because when they're playing like that, they are irrepressible. Yeah. And also, once again, um, another Rioli uh, made his debut and it's yeah. like, it just proves the rule, everyone should get a Rioli. Everyone should have a Rioli. <laughs> it is the one thing you can rely on. This is what, if I became the new you know, chief of the AFL, that would be... Absolutely my policy. I'm running, I'm a single issue candidate <laughs> to run the AFL and it is that every team gets a reality. Uh, Kevin wants to know, do you think the Maritime Clubs, the Dockers and Port will make the eight as they both appear mm. to be finding form? Dockers definitely, no. Port do not know. I don't think they've, I mean, they beat North and just beat St Kilda. I don't know that, uh, that, that that's great. I think Port will struggle to make the finals unless they have a really good run. But I think that, um, I think that Freo probably will, yeah. Anthony has a bit of a solution for uh, the Saints that want to continue playing in Cairns. He said, I watched Parramatta versus the Cowboys in Darwin. Uh, There's a similar scoreline. It was a similar climate, worst handling. But the rugby league players had their chest pasted with Grippo and kept wiping their hands on it and they helped them control the ball. <laughs> Is that... Maybe the Saints should go one step further and they put Velcro on their hands and Velcro on the ball. I mean, would you watch that game if it was just a special, like... Uh, they make an exception for this one game where they use a Velcro ball and all the players get to wear Velcro gloves, like those things you see at the beach, those pads at the beach. I like it. I feel like there should be, you know, because we have equalisation in the competition now, that there should be able to, you should be able to adjust the conditions. So if something is going against it, they should be able to introduce an element that evens it out again. So I am, yeah, I'm fine like Velcro. With that. Uh, yeah, like Velcro. Helen says, will Josh Frydenberg pick up votes or will Bailey Smith lose followers after mm. their TikTok collaboration? Bailey Smith will lose followers. He won't actually because he's Bailey Smith and he's the people aren't hot. there regardless. But Josh uh, Frydenberg, like I, I, this is not a political podcast in any way. Um, I have met a lot of politicians in my time from all different fields um, and there's only two of them, Kevin Rudd and Josh Frydenberg, where when I met them in real life, I thought, oh, I am terrified about the fact that either of you are in power in this country. Like, they're just both people that I'm like, they shouldn't let you run a local fucking footy club, <laughs> let alone the Australian fucking economy. And so, yeah, I was... Like, when I saw that, I was like, this is not good, Bailey. This, Josh Frydenberg is not a good dude. Uh, driving uh, into Melbourne, I don't know, one of those bridges as you're coming off the Balti Bridge, there's a massive cotton-on billboard, and it's a very sexy photo of Bailey on his back, shirtless, just jeans on, and Gemma. She, as we were driving, I just heard Gem like, <laughs> I could feel her eyes move to the billboard and then her just go, who's that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> not you too. This guy's so yeah. hot, he like, transcends generations. We can get Gemma over to the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, That'll be yeah. the real twist at the end of this podcast. Uh, Peter says, I've just been informed that Justin and o Oscar McInerney are not brothers and never have been. What? Obviously, one is taller than the other, but I was convinced mm. that they looked alike. This is going to take me a while to get over. Did you think they were brothers? I didn't even know there was two of them. <laughs> I didn't. I know. I better ask her. I don't even know who Justin McNerney plays for. Uh, 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 April, um, he may recall, uh, it was ranking uh, the hottest players. Oh, yeah. Says Zach Reed played his second game on Sunday. Big expectations, this kid. I'm predicting in 10 years' time he'll be as pretty as Easton Wood. Oh, that's a big call. I mean, Easton Wood was pretty. And she's posted a photo. 
Yeah, he's skinny. He has the he has this bone structure to be a pretty boy for sure. Absolutely, April. I agree with that. Um, oh, by the way, I know I've mentioned that each week, but Tuuk Miller's guns, best guns in the AFL. If anyone can pick better guns in the AFL, I want to see him. Just DM me <laughs> photos of players' arms. <laughs> Links to Instagram pages. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it. If you want to get in contact with Two Guys One Cup, you can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Two Guys One Cup AFL. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Every Thursday afternoon, we give our tips at five pm. Uh, so you can do that. We do that on Instagram Live. So you can follow us on Instagram to take part in that. And you can also go to tofop.com to check out our other great podcast. We do one called Tofop, which is just like this. We're about to record it in about 10 minutes' time. Uh, we also do another one called uh, Fofop, which is like Tofop and Two Guys, One Cup, except Will, instead of Will and I talking to each other, we talk to someone else. And This week, Justin Hamilton is uh, back on that, a, a very regular guest on Fofop, but it's his first one for this year so a really cool episode with justin hamilton and oh, can i just yes. do a quick plug if you're in sydney or brisbane sydney this weekend i'm doing Rological friday and saturday night at the Emmore, and then my impro show sunday night at the Emmore, and then brisbane election weekend thursday friday saturday Rological and sunday what you're talking about will uh and that's what i was going to say was will do you have anything to plug but you've done it oh i do <laughs> that, that's what i have to plug those shows uh so thank you for listening play on not 15. We are two guys, one car. Listener.